Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 381 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today's a really special episode because I'm going to be reading chapter one from my new book called Essential Tennis, Improve Faster, Play Smarter, and Win More Matches, which doesn't officially launch until May 31st of 2022, but it's already the number one new book under tennis coaching and sports psychology and a bunch of different categories on Amazon, which is amazing. If you missed episode number 380, be sure to listen to it because it's all about why players don't improve at the game of tennis. And it's actually the introduction from the book. I read the audiobook, by the way, if you're an audiobook fan. So if, uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast over the years and you've appreciated it, then getting the audiobook would be, I think, the perfect way to, to say thank you and show your support of uh, what I'm doing. I, I'd really appreciate that very much. So chapter one of the book is called Domination Delusion. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. I'm just going to do a live reading right now. Definitely won't be perfect and totally clean like the audiobook. We'll take it a little bit more casual here. Maybe add a couple notes here and there. So here we go. Anytime I take on a new student, I ask him or her if they have a specific goal, something in particular they want to work on. Most want to add power and spin to their ground strokes. A few want to improve their serve. Some even want to concentrate on their footwork. And then there was this one recent new student who caught me totally off guard with her request. (laughs) Sorry, it was his request. (laughs) I want to improve every point, he declared. I've been teaching tennis for 20 years, and in that time, I've pretty much heard it all. But seriously, every single point? It's so frustrating, he went on. I win a point, then the other guy wins a point, then I win a few, he wins a few, and back and forth. I told my new student, as gently as I could, That I win a few, then he wins a few, is exactly how a tennis match is supposed to go. Not only at his level, but at every stage of competitive play, from red ball kitty tennis to the ATP tour. Not only that, I continued, but would you actually want to win every point? I mean, think about it. Would you enjoy tennis if it were 6-0, 6-0, all games love in your favor every time you played? I, for one, would not. I have a feeling you wouldn't either. If you did, you'd only seek out opponents who are weaker than you. And it made me realize that herein lies one of the biggest secrets of tennis success. You have to enjoy the ride. Yeah, it sounds cliche, but when it comes to tennis, it's true. Ours is a back-and-forth sport, and if you don't enjoy the seesaw nature of the game, you might as well quit. It's one of the few sports where it's pretty much guaranteed you won't shut out your, imp- your opponent completely. And unlike baseball, soccer, hockey, and other traditional sports, tennis is one of the few where your opponent gets a point every time you screw up. So instead of resisting the idea that your opponent is going to score, embrace it. Enjoy the back-and-forth nature of the competition, the thrill of building a lead, losing it, and then ideally taking it back. In fact, when I think of the term great competitor, what comes to mind is not a player who wins all or even most of his points, 
But someone who rely, I'm sorry, someone who relishes the struggle and refuses to quit despite the struggle. A perfect example is Rafael Nadal. What makes Rafa the ideal case study for this chapter is that he's the ultimate competitor. He plays just as hard whether it's 6-6 in a tiebreak or he's up two sets to love. He's also one of the most dominant players of all time, especially on clay. Of the 17 French Opens in which he's competed, Nadal has won the tournament 13 times. That's 105 out of 109 matches, a winning percentage of 96%. Nadal's French Open dominance would seem to contradict the whole I win a few, then he wins a few idea I mentioned earlier. But does it? Could it be that Rafa isn't quite as dominant as we think? Before we dive into the stats behind Nadal's French Open wins, I want to introduce my friend and fellow tennis professional, Craig O'Shaughnessy. Craig is an expert on strategy. He's also, a, he's also obsessed with statistics. You can read more about him on his website, BrainGameTennis.com. In May 2014, he wrote an article for the New York Times, and Craig examined Rafael Nadal's dominance, or supposed domination, at the French Open. Since the article, Nadal has won the French Open five more times. At the time of the article, Rafa had won eight of the nine French Open tournaments in which he competed. His match record during that span was an incredible 59-1, for a winning percentage of just over 98%. In those 60 French Open matches, Rafa played a total of 196 sets. Craig found that Nadal won 177 of those sets and lost only 19, a winning percentage of 90%, a bit lower than before, but still undeniably dominant. Craig then dissected Nadal's 196 sets into games and found something surprising about Nadal's dominance. Of the 1,804 games that Nadal played, he won 1,169 and lost 635, a winning percentage of 65%. Is a 65% winning percentage against the best tennis players in the world impressive? Absolutely. Is it dominant? Not like before. But here's the part of Craig's study that really got me. When Craig broke down Nadal's 60 French Open matches into individual points, he discovered that Rafa had won 6,465 points, and lost 4,920, a winning percentage of, are you ready for this, 56%. In other words, Rafael Nadal, the 13-time French Open champion and undisputed greatest clay court player of all time, lost 44% of his points in his first nine appearances at the French. I've summarized Craig's findings here. And so here in the, the book, there's a, a chart or a table. And if you buy the audiobook, by the way, there's a, a PDF that comes along with it with all the, the different illustrations and charts and also links to the, the videos that are a, just a, a part of the book content, all 38 chapters. So this chart just simply breaks down Nadal's French Open run from 2005 to 2013, and it shows matches, sets, games, points. And then total played, won, lost, and then winning percentage. So just to review that really quickly, matches, 98% winning percentage. 
sets 90%, games 65%, and points 56%. Or think of it like this. Had Nadal lost instead of won just 7% more points that he played, he would have zero French Open titles. You might be wondering, as I did, if this phenomenon is unique to Nadal at the French Open. The answer is a resounding no. In 2018, Roger Federer won about 54% of the points he played. So did Novak Djokovic. Every other, on the men, every other player on the men's tour won even less. In fact, another of Craig's studies found that the men's world number one player, whoever it happens to be at the time, wins about 55% of his points and loses almost half. What do these statistics mean for the rest of us? As an educator and a coach, I feel there are two big takeaways from Craig's findings, one soft and the other hard. The soft takeaway is, not surprisingly, this. All of us, you, me, and anybody who plays the game, needs to stop being so hard on ourselves. We tend to beat ourselves up over every error, curse ourselves when our opponent hits an ace. This not only feels bad, it negatively impacts our game by breaking our concentration and making it likely we'll lose even more points as the match goes on. We've all experienced that downward spiral, right? (laughs) Where it's like negative outcome for a point, and so we kind of carry it mentally into the next point, and then there's a negative outcome for that point, and we get even more down on ourselves and just go, you know, spirals downhill more and more and more. Instead, we would all do well to remind ourselves that if the world number one is allowed to lose 45% of his points, so are we. On that note, here's my first prescription of the book. The next time you make an error or your opponent makes a great shot, tell yourself out loud that this, ju- this is just one of the 45% he's supposed to get. And keep in mind, everybody, that 45% is basically best case scenario. Like that's, that's world number one. <laughs> status, uh, you know, against your peers. That's, that's like winning the vast majority of your matches is, is you're losing 45% of your points. Uh, the, the reality is it's basically a coin flip for the vast majority of competitive tennis matches where there's not some kind of blowout. The second one, I'm sorry, the second lesson, the one I call the hard takeaway, has nothing to do with strategy. Too often, players change tactics based on losing a single point, when they should do is stay, out, stay the course and dismiss the point as an anomaly. For example, let's say you hit a forehand down the line and then follow it to the net for a put-away volley, a smart, high-percentage play that statistically will likely pay off. Except that somehow, your opponent gets a racket on the ball and hits a beautiful lob winner right over your head. That's the last time I come to the net, you think. I can't let her burn me twice. And you play the rest of the match from the baseline, all because of one isolated lob. In a way, you're correct. By refusing to come to the net, you take away your opponent's ability to lob you again. But you've inadvertently done something else. Abandoned your entire game plan, an intelligent game plan that was probably working fine. What's a better approach? Give your opponent a thumbs up for her fantastic shot, and then say to yourself out loud, like before, I guess that's one of the points she's supposed to get. The pros all know this, by the way. The next time your favorite player gets aced, watch how he reacts. 
chances are he'll just shake his head and move over for the next serve. No drama, no outburst, because not only, I'm sorry, because he not only knows he's going to lose almost half of the points he plays, but he expects it. This doesn't mean the pros don't try their hardest to win every point they can. It means that when they don't, it's not the end of the world. They know it's just one of the 45% their opponent is allowed. And what if you end up losing a match? I wouldn't get too down about that either. Chances are you didn't get crushed. You probably just lost a few more points than your opponents. A double fault here, a couple balls long there. That's all it takes in tennis to separate win from loss. And hey, you never know. It's pot. I'm sorry. It's even possible you won the majority of overall points but still lost the match because of tennis's unique winner-takes-all scoring system. According to Craig, this happens in one out of every 20 professional matches. So why begin with this information? Why not start with how to hold a racket or what to look for when hiring a coach? It's because I want you to have the right perspective. As we embark on our journey of tennis improvement, you must never forget that what we're striving for here is excellence, not perfection. Even if you add 20 miles an hour to your serve, master the art of topspin, and steel yourself with the mental toughness of a lion, you're still going to lose almost half your points. That's the reality of tennis and what makes the game so great. Rafael Nadal knows this. The next time he wins a title... Watch how he collapses on the court after victory. Then think about why he falls to the ground and spreads his arms like a child in the snow, and maybe even cries. Is it because he had an easy ride through the tournament, breezing past one opponent after the next, point after point? Or is it because he fought tooth and nail against the best tennis players in the world, endured endured injury and fatigue, yet managed to scrape up just barely enough points to win the title, and because he doesn't take his victory for granted. So, perspective, you know, for me, is so critical. And this, in a nutshell, Ben, you know, one of the biggest themes here on the podcast for me over the years is, is trying to impart these kinds of, I wouldn't even say mental toughness lessons, but... Just more so understanding the, the sport of tennis on a deeper level than most people. On the surface, it really does seem like our favorite players just dominate, you know, match after match, tournament after tournament. They always just seem to show up in the finals, seem to show up in the semifinals, and it almost seems like a, a fluke when they lose. And so it's so tempting to want to go out and play tennis ourselves and feel like, and feel the same way, right? And to kind of feel the same thing that we assume they feel. But the reality is, I mean, we, we chose the most dominant athlete on any surface all time, you know, in tennis. And even then, Nadal is losing almost half the points. So it's just a critical mindset, a critical perspective to have, a critical kind of lens to view the game of tennis through. If you don't understand this and you don't kind of embrace it, then the game can be so frustrating. And I've been there. You know, if you've listened to the show for a long time, then you know I've, I've been there myself. And understanding lessons like this and so many others that are in the book, Essential Tennis, has helped me find my, my happiness and my, my joy again around the game. 
So again, this is chapter one called Domination Delusion. And from Essential Tennis, Improve Faster, Play Smarter, Win More Matches. Uh, available on audio or Kindle or paperback or hardcover. And already the number one new release on Amazon for tennis coaching. So if you've enjoyed this insight, it's one of 38 chapters. I strongly recommend you go pick up a copy. If you love tennis, you want to play your best, and you want to play your happiest tennis, go pick up a copy on Amazon now. Also, uh, really quick, giving away some bonuses. If you go to EssentialTennis.com slash book, EssentialTennis.com slash book, I'm giving away a bunch of uh, courses and coaching with me that's only available through May 30th. So on May 31st, that goes away. So if you're listening to this after the, after that date, I apologize. If you're listening to this before that date, all you have to do is upload proof of your pre-order and you can get free bonuses. So go check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. And thank you for your support of the new book. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.